Hey, champions, it's your boy Pizza here, a.k.a. Brian Tour from the Pen Panthers. Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Well, it was a weekend where the floodgates opened with the tears of coaches who didn't captain Pappenhausen causing flash flooding up and down the eastern seaboard. Another raft of injuries and suspensions to popular players has left some teams all at sea. And here to help us navigate these treacherous waters is Captain Redbeard himself. Bear, how are you, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Just um, been away for four days with the family, so that was nice and uh, now ready to get back into it. Yeah, you're on fire with your team rapidly climbing up the ranks, uh, but we've also got someone else joining us, and to continue the nautical theme of the intro, uh, we've got our very own parrot on our shoulder dispensing wisdom in an annoying voice. It's Wilf. How's it going, guys? Uh, it's good to be back to chat, super coach. I let the team down again, though, unfortunately, but that's all right. We'll 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 cover that in a bit more detail soon. Yeah, your voice isn't that annoying, Wilf. I just, you know, had to had to go with a nautical theme from Captain Redbeard. So uh, talked about uh, how well we're doing or not. Um, I scored fourteen fifty nine, obviously boosted by Captain Pappenhausen uh, to throw me up around fifteen hundred into fifteen twenty eight. Uh, Bear, uh, you're on the charge. Yeah, mate. I took Paps's advice and brought him in as well. Threw the armband on him for good measure. So. That was good. Brought in Olam. He came off as well. Um, scored 14.03 due to Satili and Fogarty. But anyway, we won't talk about that one. 14.03 saw me move up to um, 7K. So making a move. It's almost like you're halving your ranking every week, mate. So yeah, on the charge. What about yourself, Wilf? Yeah, so like I said, uh, gone from leading the charge last week to dragging the chain again. But look, 13.96. Yeah, just you guys did better than me. It's not too bad. I've um, still gone up about 500 ranks, sitting at 1296. Uh, so I also captained Pappenhausen. I brought in Josh Schuster and also my boy Dane Gagai, who yeah just missed out on some attacking stats. But I'm backing him for a big game this week against my Broncos. So, yeah, not too bad. We're going okay, but nowhere near as good as some of our champs are going. Yeah, look, a massive shout-out here to Alex, coach of better than standout. Currently, new clubhouse leader, number one, just absolutely flying. So congrats to Alex. Obviously, uh, something that Bear and I, you I have both tasted the feeling of being a leader. And I think, you know, I can speak for both of us that it can make you do stupid things. And uh, I think we both have the feeling of losing that number one ranking. So no doubt we'll be trying to help Alex along to keep him calm and keep him on the straight and narrow so he can uh, maintain his ranking. We do have to give some shout-outs to also uh, Don, coach of Walters Woofers. He is another champ, currently sitting in the top 10 uh, in seventh. And uh, just another shout-out to Nate, coach of Turbo's Hamstring. Just not too many points back, but sitting in 34th. So, yeah, honestly, the champs are flying. we got 25 in the top 1,000. we got 37 in the top 2,000. Uh, we're currently top three leagues yet again. And four of the top five uh, on averages – Eight out of the top twenty. Like <laughs> I, I knew we'd we'd prepped hard in the preseason, but I didn't expect this type of start. So it's just uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I just realised one thing: we we actually only created eleven leagues for our champs in terms of their head to head leagues and stuff like that. Currently, of the top thirty, we have ten of those. That's incredible. 
that's huge. And uh, our, the, the ugly duckling of the family, uh, so to speak, is the 11th league, currently way back in 53rd. So honestly, it's really not that bad. And and yeah, that's to be taking up one third of the top 30 leagues is uh, yeah, quite an effort. So can't say enough about the champs and how were they going. Yeah, it's a very, very exciting time. I'll tell you what I am genuinely excited for. Uh, we have a new sponsor for the podcast and I want to tell you a little bit about it. Um, Wilf and Bear, when's the last time you shaved that quarantine bush in your pants? Uh, support for SC Champions is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. And when I think of below-the-waist grooming needs, uh, Bear, I think about you. Mate, let me tell you, being with a um, pregnant woman that below-the-waist needs ramps up. So the good news, though, is Manscaped just launched in Australia. So, mate, I've been using the incorrect tools all my life. It's been crazy this one time. I'd cut my balls at that bad. The nurses thought I might have been having a um, sex change. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll move on from there. So Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer um, and they've just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. It features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, so I'm expecting never to uh, go through what I have previously. And the battery, it mate, premium battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so if it takes you longer than 90 minutes to shave your boards, then you're going all right down there. Uh, mate, it's also waterproof, so now I just jump in the shower, do a bit of a grooming in the shower, warm water, beautiful. And one of the coolest features too, it's got a LED, uh, LED light now which illuminates all the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Mate, new motor, quiet stroke, 7,000 RPM motor. You can barely hear it, hums along, gets the job done nice and quick. It's got a, st- a charging stand, so, mate, you just plug it in, USB into the dock, and you're good to go. So I think, boys, you've got to trim that junk of yours. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. Um, there's also a lot of other things over there. I've, I've got a pair of their undies. I'm going to buy a few more of them. They're the coolest undies I've ever worn. But your boards are going to thank you. Trust me, fellas, get amongst it. So 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CHAMPIONS. So, boys, it's time to shave those balls. Uh, um, and uh, the segue, which I completely stuffed up but let's just keep going anyway uh is to talk about the injuries and there's been a rash of those not unlike the rash that bear used to get pre-manscape um and we can go to your chat earlier wilf with brian Sini, the nrl physio what's the matter haven't you seen a football injury before you wimps let's go all right welcome back to brian Sini, our nrl physio uh mate Good news. Uh, 18th man. I know you've been ha- campaigning for it for a while. I think it's finally happening. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, finally happening in a sense. Uh, so we've got it through today, which is good news. Uh, the stipulations around it, yeah, are a bit, a bit disappointing. Um, so we've got uh, one for if a team uh, has three HIAs that have failed, which has happened, I think it's twice in the last, 1500 NRL games um, so yeah not sure 
how prevalent that will, uh, how, how much that'll help. Uh, and then uh, the the other one, which I initially, when I sort of read the the um, the art, like the or the headline, it was for foul play. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. But um, then it's you know it's it's only for foul play that's either sinned in or sent off. Um, so like you take Ryan Madison a couple of weeks ago, for example, Felice Cafusi gets put on report but not sinned in or sent off. And the Eels can't replace Madison, um, which is, I think, quite unfortunate. Uh, I think if, you know, if, a, if an act of foul play is, is worthy of, of being put on report and that player is ruled out for the game, once again, like, a, you know, I, I keep coming back to that there's talk that, you know, it's going to be rewarded and, and all that kind of stuff. But we are once again talking about the potentially 18th best player in a team coming on to somehow you know, be this magic cure, like, I, I don't see how, you know, how, how that's going to, yeah, going to break the game apart um, compared to, you know, like you talk about the game changing. Some of these rules that have been brought in have, have changed the game quite drastically. I don't see how the, the 18th best player in the team is going to do that. So, yes, good that the 18th man is there, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know how useful it's going to be overall, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm firmly with you on that one in terms of like how are they going to really rot the rules? Uh, I know everyone loves a conspiracy theory, but honestly, I can't see it. On <laughs> but look, let's jump to the injuries. Uh, thankfully, a much quieter weekend overall. Uh, although some teams have been absolutely decimated, and look, let's start with the worst of them all, and that's the Knights. So big news, obviously, Mitchell Pierce uh, did his peck. It seems like at least it's not the same peck as he did last year but could be gone for 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah, they, they sort of the reports coming out of the shed were, oh, we're hopeful it's just a tear, um, like a partial tear that won't need surgery. But that with those kind of mechanisms where like a guy just hangs his arm out and gets caught, you know, reefs his arm backwards, like it's very, very rare that that, it's a bit like a non-contact ACL where a guy changes direction you know, goes down in a heap. Like, it, like it's very, very rare for a partial tear to occur in those situations, and it's the same with the peck. So I was kind of like, oh, look, it's, I posted a tweet saying it's good that there's optimism there, but I always sort of, you know, was worried at the end of the day that there'd be a rupture there, and scans have come back that, yeah, he has in fact ruptured it. Once again, it's something that I posted about, you know, peck injuries aren't, you know, these awful season-ending injuries that you, you know, you, a lot of people probably have stuck in their minds of six months recovery and, and different things. It's every NRL player in the last, you know, three, four years has returned in 10 to 14 weeks. So that's the that's your range. Um, the, the Knights uh, are looking at about 10 to 12 weeks of Pierce. So, yeah, still, look, obviously a massive blow to the Knights and, and, and you know, like they were obviously looking to challenge sort of through the middle part of the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, they'll have to do it without Pierce. And they also lost their 5'8", and Kurt Mann, who I believe was knocked out. And I hear he may not be available um, for the Gold Coast Titans game because it's Saturday. There's not enough days for him to pass the protocol effectively. Yeah, so, like, uh, once again, like, uh, it's one of those things where we've seen some guys, you know, really push it and try and come back in that five- to six-day kind of turnaround, which theoretically Kurt Mann could do. But, like, I could not applaud the Knights more for coming out, you know, early and just saying, look, we're giving him the week off, um, especially if he was suffering from some pretty nasty symptoms because, 
you do to sort of turn around in that five to six days, you need to be pretty symptom free immediately after the match and then stay symptom free. So it's more than likely that man, you know, isn't symptom free and it was a pretty, you know, nasty looking concussion at the time. So, uh, yeah, look, big props to the Knights for sort of coming out and being like, look, he's out for this week. And, and, and as we know, a concussion, it, it'll just depend how he progresses over the next you know, week or so as to when his availability will be, the, the, the chances are good that he'll be he'll be back the following week, but we'll just have to wait and see. Absolutely. And further injuries, Tex Hoy playing fullback, uh, hamstring injury, I think expected two to four weeks, but the good news is Kellen Ponga, I think he should be returning this week. Yeah, mate, Tex, I was hoping, I was hoping he's in my classic side, I was just hoping for one more week from Tex and maybe one more week of no Ponga. Uh, you know, and, and get a little bit more of a price rise out of him. But unfortunately, yeah, he'll miss two to four weeks with a hammy. And as we know with hammies, they're not something you want to rush back. So that's a minor hammy, which is which is good news. Uh, look, Ponga, like, it depends who you listen to. Like, Ponga's pretty confident he wants to come back next week. Um, or oh, sorry, this week coming. He only just sort of entered into full team training. So, like, it, it truly is a 50-50 proposition, I'd say. Um, it'll depend sort of how he goes in, because he's only just returned to full team training, how he goes sort of early in the week. Uh, like, I'd say with the injury crisis, that will tip their hand a little bit. Adam O'Brien sort of said, no, it won't, and, um, you know, and, and we'll leave him if we need to leave him. I always thought before the injury crisis I, that they had over the weekend, I thought he'd come back round six was when I had him penciled in my head. So whether that, you know, whether that changes to round five, he has a really good week at training. Um, yeah, my, my gut's definitely a lot less confident about round six now. I'm kind of right on the fence between the two. All right, that'll be um, a big watch, obviously, for Knights fans. And uh, just to tie up the, the Knights, obviously, we looked uh, at David Kalema. It looked like he was in a lot of pain. Uh, he was in trouble, but he managed to play out the game and uh, apparently cleared of any serious injury, And but he might still be in a little bit of doubt for the coming week. Yeah, so I noted in my post that he had a clean-out over the off-season. Um, so those clean-outs, you know, it's dealing with, like, chronic sort of ongoing issues. They might you know, try and smooth out some cartilage or remove some floating bone or scar tissue or something like that. And so the the thing with that is it obviously helps in the short term, but it, it means that there's an ongoing, you know, issue in there that needs to be managed and can aggravate, you know, quite or, or at least easier than, say, another player. So um, that was kind of my read on Clemmer's, you know, injury mechanism was there wasn't anything too major there um, in terms of, you know, would suggest traumatic sort of, you know, damage or anything like that. But it just looked like he, he probably aggravated something um, that was already sort of present in his knee. Uh, and, and look, that's not that Knights have come out and said that specifically, but that's certainly what it sounds like. So you just you, he'll just have to see how it sort of settles down. I'd say because he could play the last 30 minutes on it, that gives him a really good chance of being available for this week. Um, but, yeah, once again, those, those ones that are chronic aggravation, Sometimes they just need to sit out a week to, um, you know, to let that settle. But it's saying that the Knights might not might not have the troops, so he might need to might need to play this week. Yeah. Do you think he might play reduced minutes, or is there a potential yeah, that something yeah. will happen again? And you know, if he's twisted the wrong way, cops a knock the wrong way, he might, you know, go and for something similar. And that's definitely the risk. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely the risk is, is reduced minutes, um, you know, and, and certainly leaves him at a, at a higher risk of aggravation. He's not, certainly not at a mass, massively high risk of, you know, missing significant time but in game in game injury risk would be would be something that I'd watch out for. So if I was a potential Clemmer buyer this week, it'd be yeah, I I'd be looking in another direction unless you had uh, no other options. Yep, absolutely. I was about, about to say that sounds like a big stay away for the time being until we yep. see what happens there. Uh, look, obviously Knights were really the, the team that was cop the most injury-wise, but there were a few others that we want to just quickly go through. So the Sharks, Mulatalo, uh, yeah, MCL injury, uh, might not miss too much time. Yeah, they're, they're pretty confident that if they give him the early early part of the week off that he'll be back, uh, that he'll be able to play later this week is the last report that I heard. Um, so more than likely pretty minor. He apparently was available to sort of go back out if they needed him, but they had the game in the bank, so they just sort of let him let him sit it out. Yeah, fair enough. And on the Cowboys side, obviously they, they've they got a few trips missing and it's mostly just um, HIAs that caused um, them to lose yeah. some players this week. But I think we might see Tom Lolo and even Tom Gilbert might be making uh, their returns this week. Yeah, they look. I think I had um, I had them pegged for around five to six. Was, was so yeah, either this week or next. I'd say for those two. And the Cowboys certainly could do with that <laughs> extra help, oh, especially yeah. from Tamalolo. Now jumping over to the Titans, obviously I am a Jamal Fogarty owner, and thankfully I, I benched him, so I didn't cop his zero. But uh, for uh, it, it, it looked pretty painful, like a right quad injury. It looked like he was in a lot of discomfort early on, but he stayed on, played for like pretty much sixty minutes. Yeah, that's the thing with corks. You can like you know if you keep it warm, keep the blood going through it. You can you can tend to like even though it hurts initially, you can kind of tend to get through it okay but that like the biggest thing that would have worked against him would have been half time you know gets in cools down that's when it starts to get stiff and swollen and all that kind of stuff so um that was why they pulled him sort of early in the second half look this is another one of those months that usually guys like there's a good chance of being playing next week five to ten days is usually the return to play for um for these kind of corks so he's a good chance of of returning but there is that increased risk of re-injury. So if he cops another knock, um, that can just send his leg dead again, um, and, and and you know cause a few issues there. So so a bit like Clemmer, not um, you know nothing long term there that's really worrisome, but certainly an in-game sort of aggravation risk. All right, I hope for his sake he takes the week off because uh, he was pretty much passenger when he was out there. So not yeah, great. that's right. And. I think Anthony Don, not that he's super coach relevant, but it might open up a bit of a cheapy spot potentially, depending on what happens with Brian Kelly, Philip Sammy. But he seems like he's got a bit of a hip uh, pointer injury and, and it seems likely he might miss at least a week or two. That was like like the strangest injury I can remember. Like I, I, I can't remember a bloke copping a hip pointer and running around for like three, four minutes and then just running in a straight line and going down and barely being able to walk. It was really quite strange. Um, I, I wish I could sort of like, I, I, I'm suspecting it's just a hip pointer, even with my knowledge of anatomy and, you know, things that could go wrong in that area. Potentially he, you know, irritated a nerve or something like that and that sort of set it off. It, it's a really, really strange one. So 
considering the severity of the pain he was in, uh, like you, you'd think that he would more than likely miss a week. That that kind of collision mechanism of injury doesn't tend to result in long, you know, long recovery time. So I, I, I doubt there'd be, you know, a, a big, you know, extended recovery. But yeah, this is one that I'm, I'm certainly not like, you know, I, I put my hand up. I'm not going to, you know, try and sound certain on something when I'm not. This is one that I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm really interested to see what the word is out of the Titans with this one. Because, yeah, pro- professional curiosity-wise, it was it was a strange one from, from my perspective. Fair enough. And just uh, next one is Adam Fanua Blake, who, I mean, if you've seen the picture you retweeted, <laughs> it looks like he's got a second kneecap, right? <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it looked like uh, people were messaging me being like, oh, my God, does that mean it's fractured? You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I've got a lump on my shin from, or it'd be 15 years ago now where I kicked it into a metal bar or something and it's, you know, really swelled up and it ended up just being a bone bruise. So those bone bruises, they, they, they can still cause a fair bit of swelling. Um, thankfully, you know, like they, they don't, don't tend to result in a, in, in a long recovery time. So there's no guarantees that he hasn't fractured it. But the tibia, which is the, the, the main sort of shin bone, it is a very, very strong bone. It's, it's tough to fracture. So I'd be surprised if there was a true fracture there. It's not out of the realms of possibility, but I, I'd still be thinking more of bone bruise. Um, and, and then you'd be looking at sort of one to three weeks return to play. All right. That's good news for obviously vanilla black owners. Now, just to finish up, uh, a couple of big names, Tommy Turbo and Harry Grant. I believe um, we might be seeing Harry Grant back this week. Yeah, so right on, you know, right on that six week, which is what I sort of, you know, thought um, anywhere from that six to eight weeks for those um, grade three MCLs. So that's about about right for him. And uh, yeah, so look, like the thing with Harry is he will have spent sort of two to three weeks in a knee brace during that time. So it, it wouldn't be surprising for him to to be, you know, brought back in, in a limited capacity. Like, I'd be surprised if they threw him straight in and played him 80 minutes, particularly when they're playing the Bulldogs and, um, you know, shouldn't have too much of a tough time there. So, yeah, I would, I, I, like, once again, if you're if you're in Classic, I, I wouldn't be jumping on him straight away. I'd give him a couple of weeks to sort of, you know, ease his way back in and see how he goes attacking stats-wise. And yeah. then, um, yeah, Turbo, Turbo, I think, look, he, he's... As cheap as he is and stuff like that, like I, I just couldn't like even if he had the best matchups alive, like I, like I was as high as anyone on him in the in the preseason. But now, look, the the re-injury risk is real. It's there. Uh, it's not something that I'm willing be, to be taking a punt on until he at least gets. It, it's perfect actually because the highest risk he's going to have is in the first two weeks after he's returned to play, and that's how long you need to look at him in Classic before his price changes. So I would just be waiting for that third week. Yep, and if you're being that conservative uh, with Turbo, I will definitely follow suit. Yeah, I'm a any... big Turbo guy, mate, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to make any trade, crazy trades like downgrading Teddy to Turbo because he's cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, I, could, I couldn't do it, and I love Turbo, so yeah, no, I couldn't do it. All right, and just to, to finish this off for today... Uh, you got any updates on twelve? <laughs> oh mate, it's um yeah. I was that time of the game that that game um you know around that time it's when I'm doing dinner dinner bath and bedtime for Bub and like I could just feel my phone in my pocket just you know 
like vibrating nonstop and I'm like, oh crap. And I checked, um, you know, just glanced at the screen at one point to see if it was anything super significant and it was just 12 champ, champ, 12, 12. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so um, I think the, the thing was I, I did go and watch the post-match presser and Michael Maguire had a lot of good things to say about Moses and Bai playing lock and even mentioned him in the same sentence as Victor Radley and Cam Murray. So, uh, oh yeah, that, that's, um, that was interesting to hear. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's a coach's decision. But, um, yeah, I, I can't comment on that just yet, I guess. I'll be able to talk more when I have a chat to Alex later tonight in, in our daily phone hookup. I wouldn't expect anything otherwise, so that'll be good. <laughs> You'll have to keep us all posted, no doubt, unless you get champ yeah. soon again. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my, my draft team needs to know, so I'll, I'll be hanging out for That's the right, updates. <laughs> nah, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the 12 channel, no doubt. That's it. Uh, just a special one for the Patreons, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. I should have a 12 tier, actually, which is, yeah, 300 bucks a month just for daily 12 updates. Sounds like a perfect value. Mate, uh, <laughs> thanks always for, for your time. Um, look, obviously, you'll keep us posted once you know what you're doing with that uh, Patreon setup. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, always. Uh, make sure you're following at NRL Physio on the Twitter and obviously also on Facebook and Instagram as well. But uh, Twitter's definitely, I think you've said in the past, that's your number one. You go there first before the rest of those um, social media platforms. Yeah, yeah. I post a lot of stuff on Twitter that I don't post anywhere else as well um, just because I find the um, yeah the feedback or, or the, certainly the interaction is a bit of, uh, of a better quality there, which is good. So, um, yeah, Twitter's definitely the go-to. Perfect. All right, mate. Thanks again for your time. And uh, yeah, hope you have a great week and we'll catch up again next time. Sounds good, mate. Stephen, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. As always, essential listening. Wilf and Brian Cini, the NRL physio, talking through injuries and the ramifications for Supercoach. So let's go around the grounds and talk about the round five teams. As expected, the Bulldogs got into the Easter spirit by laying an egg against the Bunnies, and now it's the Broncos' turn this week. They're $11 outsiders. Uh, the Broncos' Bunnies, Wilf, talk us through the teams. Yeah, so the good news for the Broncos is they don't have to face Cody Walker. They've been suspended for a week, and also. Kaloa Matangi has uh, two weeks off. Benji Marshall comes in, so not a bad replacement at all. And Jacob Host, who was there in round one, comes in as well. We see Dean Hawkins uh, joining the bench uh, to play, I assume, the Benji Marshall role before. On the Broncos' side, they've lost Herbie Farnworth, which is a bit of a loss for them due to a shoulder injury. Richie Kenner comes in. Uh, Pat Carrigan is out suspended, and that puts Defeater Pangai uh, off the bench into the lock position. And John Asiata comes onto the interchange bench. Now, I think this is going to be a bit of a bloodbath, unfortunately, for the Broncos. But, uh, you know, and, and good news for, obviously, the Broncos. They don't have Cody Walker to deal with. So maybe there's a chance it's not 20-point flogging and it's a, bit, a little bit closer. But, uh, yeah, I can't see anything but a big Bunnies win, honestly. There's a small chance South might actually spread the ball right uh, without Cody. So, you know, anyone who's got Mansour uh, there, he might actually see a bit of ball this week. Um, the Warriors Sea Eagles Bear. Um, Warriors put up a pretty good fight against the Roosters and the Sea Eagles are barely a first-grade side, mate. What's jumping out at you there? Oh, mate, um, I think the 
the move from Harris to front row, I'm not sure how that's going to do, but I, I guess they're just wanting to try and lock up the middle there. Schuster gets another run, so that's decent. He should still make a bit of money. I think if, if you didn't jump on him, there's still potential, but an 80K rise is a fair bit to miss out on. But apart from that, I don't know what's going on at the bottom there. They've named Tommy Trevojevic in 21, and then they've got him down the bottom in their blurb saying he's going to miss a week, and um, Ben is on the bench, named in the reserve. So bit of funny business there, but we'll see what happens. But again, like I, I doubt many people have a lot of these guys. The only f- person who sort of interests me is that Adam, Adam Pompey. He's been going all right, playing some good footy. He's a huge unit, isn't he, um, out on the left there for the Warriors. One thing I'm interested in, you know, a lot of us do have a Schuster. He'll be running at someone I know too well from uh, his Bulldogs days in Marcelo Montoya, one of the worst offenders in the comp. Um, does that make him an, an attractive play, do you think, uh, put him in your 17? Uh, I mean, a lot of people might have um, Satili out injured if he if he doesn't recover from his head knock. So, I, yeah, I don't mind it for a play. It's it's not like Warriors are real tough up the middle, so he, he could definitely go over running at an edge out there. For sure. Um, going from teams without too much super coach implications to two teams with plenty Panthers, Raiders. Uh, Wilf, you want to walk us through the teams? Yeah, so not too many surprises here. Panthers 1-17. to uh, On the Raiders, they do get Joe Tarpane back. So he's starting at lock. Uh, Ryan James back to the bench. But, I mean, we don't know what happens there. I do know, uh, I think it was uh, Sticky came out afterwards and said that he started James, obviously, because he's playing against his old club. So it might have just been a one-week thing. But, I mean, he only played 42 minutes either way, so that's pretty much what James has been getting off the bench anyway. Uh, and then Ryan Sutton and Josh Papalihi uh, starting in the front row and Namas Louis dropped to the reserve. So Ryan Sutton, um, <laughs> I kind of spoke about him offhand uh, two weeks ago, but I have to say he's certainly gone quite well since then. Uh, so if he jumped on, like, say, in draft or anything like that, or if he jumped on in Classic, then a huge call. And it's paid off for you if you had in the last two weeks. Uh, I've managed to get him a couple of draft leagues, so pretty happy with that. Uh, on the on the Panthers side, obviously, there's a few question marks here, just in terms of. I mean, I thought Stephen Crichton was honestly quite underwhelming uh, at fullback. There was a lot of chat about him potentially being a pretty good option, but he did warm into the role a little. So I think I'm expecting to see a bit more from him. But it is a pretty tough matchup against the Raiders, who, generally speaking, I don't think they've conceded very many points outside of that Warriors game where. They were basically playing with 14. So I don't think they've conceded more than 10 points in the other games, if I'm not mistaken. So could be a tough one. Don't captain a, a Panthers player, but we'll have to see. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of kind of fringe super coach players that, you know, could be pods. You know, you mentioned Sutton before. He's 504K, uh, break even of negative 22, and he's averaged 71 for the year and seems to have, you know, a, a good whack of minutes kind of guaranteed each week. And James Fisher-Harris is much more highly owned, but he's around the same price, 529, and, and just also pulled out a 90 on the weekend. If you were looking uh, at either of those players, maybe Bear, do, do you have an opinion on either of those? Uh, mate, Fisher-Harris has always showed that he can rack up some stats in the middle there. He's got a big motor, so he's going to pull out these odd games. But I, I don't know if I could trust him to do it consistently, mate. 
But Kickout seems like they've got the sweet spot for him. He's someone, especially with the new rules and how the edges seem to be quickening up the pace back there, he's someone who could definitely be a good shout. Yeah, for sure. Now, I know I mentioned the Bulldogs laying an egg earlier, but Jamal Fogarty hurt owners with a zero of his own on the weekend, including you, Bear. Uh, Titans, Knights, uh, walk us through it. Yeah, um, obviously the, the big one to come back is Ponga. That'll be interesting to see. Apparently Mitch Barnett's given up the kicking straight away, but I mean the plus side of that is that he'll now be passing to Mitch Barnett running on the edge and he, he goes all right at that. Um, Connor Watson into the six and so we don't have to put up with the whole I oh, starting 13 and then put him to the bench thing that everyone knew was happening anyway, so... I don't know. It's, it's going to be a um, interesting game. It was a bit. I was a bit. Um, a bit spewing that Newcastle lost so many players because I thought they would have rolled the Dragons and until the injuries, it was actually a close game. So I thought the Dragons did pretty well to be keeping up before the raft of injuries, and then they just did what they should have done and rolled over the top of them. Yeah, ru- ruined plenty of perfect tipping weeks that game for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. But um. I, uh, a lot of people trading out Tino was a bit silly. He was always going to be that 55-60 floor and then he's going to get the occasional big game. So, yeah, that would have been a mistake if you did that. Brian Kelly also back. Um, a lot of people kind of, you know, splashing around centre wing, you know, trying to work out what to do with cows that, that aren't getting fat uh, and, you know, accounting for the odd injury here and there. Um, any interest in Kelly at all, Wilf? Yeah, look, I think uh, I was a big fan from what I saw last year and it was one of the names. A lot of people I know were flip-flopping between starting off round one with Brian Toto or Brian Kelly <laughs> instead. So I uh, you know those who went with Kelly obviously did a bit disappointed and those who went with Brian Toto pretty stoked. So, yeah, look, I think overall he looked he looked pretty good uh, before he got hurt and I, I think he's going to be a good option, especially with the run coming up for the Titans. Whether your game to jump on straight away, first game back from injury, uh, I'm not sure about that, but I think long-term um, Kelly will be up there as one of the top 10 center wing, if not higher. So the next game I'm a little bit, well, I'm more than nervous. I'm just resigned to the result. Uh, Storm Bulldogs, um, the the Storm put the roost, uh, Rabbitohs to the sword earlier. The Rabbitohs flogged the Bulldogs. Does that mean the Storm are going to put up serious points or does it just not work like that, Will? I don't think it's um, straight arithmetic like that, but I think we can safely say the Storm are going to run up a score of sorts. Uh, so for the Bulldogs, they do get DWZ back. Uh, he's going to play fullback with Nick Miniat due to a rib injury. They do also get Josh Jackson and finally Luke Thompson, uh, their big marquee signing from the UK. He's back from suspension, so that'll drop uh, Renoff Tony and Jack Hetherington back to the bench and Dean Britton, Joe Stimson out. So Jake Avarillo gets recalled, if you believe the ankle injury. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> he's back from injury. And it's interesting to see that Corey Allen's actually been named in the centres with Nick Kotrick officially named on the wing. On the Storm side, so Bellamy up to his old tricks uh, with Harry Grant named in 21, but I think we can all confidently say he will be playing this week. So whether it's um, Chris Lewis or Nico Hines or one of them dropping out, I think Kamakamitha and Eisenhuth should be pretty safe to stay in the team there. So one of the other two will probably drop out. And uh, Grant will definitely go in there. I think he'll come back off the bench. That's my gut feeling, but we'll see what Bellamy wants to do. Otherwise, um, you know, might see a late swap of uh, Asafa Solomona and uh, Kamikamitha again. If not, 
Bellamy decides to start Grant and put Cheese back at lock or whatever, that could be another swap too. So interesting to see how the Storm line up there. Now, the question is, is do you captain Pappenhausen again? Obviously, he was everywhere, literally, for the game against the Broncos. He had like 38 points just in hit-ups, which is just insane for someone his size. And I wonder if, is he going to be able to do that again? Oh, it's He's definitely, obviously, on a red-hot streak of form. It, it, and it's, you know, Monster didn't go quite as massive, obviously. Uh, he didn't get 197, but it could be one of those games where, you know, maybe Munster gets the super coach points over Pappenhausen. But if you're playing the law of averages, I don't know how you feel about this, Bear, but uh, it's going to be pretty hard for me to pry the uh, the armband off Pappenhausen. Yeah, someone who's that electric. And if Harry Grant is back as soon as he comes on, He's going to open up that middle even more, even against some of the better teams. So I think I, I did say I was probably going to stick <laughs> the captain armband on Teddy for the year and just let it go. But the way Pappenhausen's playing, I think you nearly have to go based on matchups. And I, I probably wouldn't leave it too far from these two fullbacks. But well, there's there's probably thirty points just in goal kicking alone. You know, if we think that, you know, even if he doesn't score a try or get the attacking stats, he's going to be significantly boosted. You know, if, if you're one of the people that count goal kicking as a base stat, uh, if you're a goal kicker, then he's probably got the highest base in the game at the moment, uh, you know, particularly when the Storm have a matchup like this one. Yeah, Pappenhausen scored like 83, 83 points just in uh, non-attacking stats. So even if you add his force dropout, that goes to 89 so of his 197 points, that's his goal kicking, his hit ups, his tackle bus, and his offloads. I think he had a couple there. So it's just ridiculous that floor. That is crazy. You saw um, Melbourne start to not attack as wide. You saw um, like blokes like Justin Ollen. He was coming into the middle, so it looked like they were even bringing their um, outside men in to keep the pressure on the blokes in the middle, like trying to wear them out. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes moving forward too. And I guess the only big, uh, you know, thing that we haven't addressed out of this game is with Grant, you know, more than likely to come back. Obviously, it dramatically affects the cheese, but what does it do for someone like Christian Welsh, um, particularly with Fanukan on the horizon as well? If, if we assume that Brandon Smith does play a little bit in that middle rotation, it's going to be less middle minutes to go around Um you know, Bear, you're, you're our resident Melbourne Storm uh, supporter. Do you have a read on that? Mate, I, I think it's, for, for some reason, and I, I mean he does his job, um, Bellamy just seems to love him, but you, you can't really play um, Nelson at lock if you're going to play Brandon Smith in the middle. It's got to be Finucane and Smith in the middle there, and then Naz has to be somewhere. So the other problem is Jesse Bromwich is a captain, so... I don't know, unless Bromwich goes to the bench and Fanukin's the captain on the field and then they swap or something. I, I'm not sure how it's going to work, to tell you the truth. I'd need to have a look, but it, it, it's got to affect him somehow. So I'd be riding the wave to his top price and then trading him out. So Roosters Sharks, the Sharks um, probably defied expectations a little bit. They certainly put plenty of points on on the weekend, but the Roosters aren't quite the same soft touch. You talked about, you know, Teddy being a lock and load captain all the way through the year, Bear. He still did pretty well with, I think, a 71. Um, what are your thoughts on the teams for this game? Yeah, man, there's a couple of question marks over all these guys. Like, 
You got Brett Morris who had the cork. You had um, Satili Tupanua with the um, H- failed HIA, and we know how the Roosters treat those. So I think you could see a bit of a a bit of a shake up there. The Sharks are playing probably a bit better than I thought they would to start the year. So yeah, it, it's going to be a bit of an interesting game. Um, especially if, if, if some of these younger boys on the bench have to start again for the Roosters. But one, I, I, I liked how that Sam Walker played. Um, the only the only issue was when he, he he went to the line a lot and he engaged defenders and he did that really well and he threw a short ball and set up a try. But um, you could see Tedesco was up him for a bit of early, uh, earlier ball too. So um, once he works that out. I think Tedesco's going to be fine with his scores. He'll still be up there, um, but it's just how long it takes to work that out and when do they get a few more troops back. And I know it was his debut, but I tell you what, the uh, Fox Sports stats are already treating him like Cameron Smith. He got the benefit of the doubt on, on, on an awful lot of attacking stats in his 81 there, Wilf. Um, Walker, is he a play this week? Look, on, on the evidence of what we saw and how well overall he's slotted into that Roosters team, I, I honestly think he's very viable for your 17. I wonder, I mean, he only took the one goal kick while uh, Takeahu was off the field. So there could really be an opportunity here for him to get, you know, two or three goal kicks if Takeahu is off the field. And I think this is going to you know add to quite a solid base that we saw from his first game. So yeah, uh, for, for such a small guy, he, he gets he gets stuck into things. Yeah, and obviously we'll we'll know more, you know, as we get closer to uh, final teams. But you know, with the Roosters, it's it's probably very unlikely on a six day turnaround that Tupanua uh, aims up again. So that might impact your uh, earlier in the week trading plans. So uh, will West Tigers Cowboys? Ugh, I can't find myself getting too excited about this, mate. Is there anything of real interest uh, in the in the teams? Well, we do uh, see their left wing, Kepaoa, dropped. So that sees Moses Mbai move into the centres and Tommy Talao uh, shifts out to the wing and she camps onto the bench. But look, Jake Simpkin, number 20, I would not be surprised if he ends up sneaking on because I just don't think Little can handle 80 minutes regularly. Uh, he played 60 and then it was interesting to see Mbai get to, to share the field. Like um it in it ate into Alex Twal's minutes, but uh Mbai played forty eight minutes and twenty of it was at hooker and the other twenty eight was him floating as that ball playing, you know, lock role. So I just don't know whether Little's going to do uh, eighty minutes a hooker. If if Simkin sneaks onto the bench, then I honestly think Little's time might be up pretty soon because I mean, I think Simpkins scored like something like five tries in, in four games in Reggie's and playing eighty minutes every week. 50 tackles every week. It's just insane how well he's going. So uh, his time is very, very soon, I reckon. Little is the type of hooker that gets attacking stats. He's just that kind of, you know, ball hawk. And, you know, we've spoken about this before where if he's playing 50 minutes, you don't play him in your 17, maybe even trade him out. But but he seems to keep on keeping on. Bear, I can't remember. Are you, are you a little owner? Nah, mate, I'm not. And it's frustrated the heck out of me how often he... Close to the line, he somehow gets over from dummy half. You'd think bloody teams would be watching that and do it by now. But, yeah, I don't know if it's how he sells it all. He's just a strong little dude. But, yeah, he's going good. But, again, I, I, 
I can't trust. They've got a good draw, but I just couldn't trust him in a 17 if he's not playing 80 minutes. Yeah, very much the same. And uh, at some point, the Cowboys will post their first grade side. Um, they do have their reserves there, uh, except for Tamalolo, obviously, who comes back. Um, and you know, Val Holmes, you know, might be worth that. But I think at this point, they're pretty much just considerations in draft, not classic, right? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, Murray Talagi had a 70 odd score first week, and then he got knocked out last week, so he's obviously held his spot, and that that's interesting. I think he may end up making a bit of coin. Uh, especially the Cowboys, the draw, the draw does open up a little, and I know it's it's hard to trust anyone from this team. But you know Val can throw a decent cut out to the winger, so there there could be some points on offer. So if you are going to look at someone, uh, Val Holmes in the center wing, where anybody can really go large in any particular week, might be the only real consideration there. And obviously, if Talagi scores again, I think there might be some cash on offer there as well. But other than that, yeah, look, you're staying away mostly. This is uh, the second game for Ben Condon as well. So just keep an eye on that and his scores. Obviously, we keep starting on an edge. I think eventually like he's a downgrade option to free up some cash for other trades elsewhere. And you heard it here, folks. You go for the hard-hitting uh, strategic analysis of Val Holmes can throw a decent cutout, so consider him for your side. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's not for me. Uh, I do own him in draft, though, and he still manages to disappoint me in that. Uh, final game, uh, 6-15 down at Bank West Bear, Eels-Dragons. Um, you got off Gutho, but he's still scoring pretty well. Um, what, what's doing uh, with the rest of the side? Oh, mate. Look, we talked about in one of our chats, how good Dylan Brown was scoring, particularly given he wasn't getting any um, attacking stats. And, I mean, that's all well and good, but the attacking stats is what gives them the big scores. So if, if you if you have him or even Mitch Moses, I think you've got to try and get to, like, one of those top three, five, eights that everyone's talking about. Obviously not Cody Walker because he's not playing this week, but... Um, Munster or Luai, I think, are just better options there. Mate, the Dragons are... Do you know, the Dragons are at least playing like they care, which is a good thing, and they've been interesting to watch. Um, just waiting for Zach Lomax to step up a bit more. Who knows with Ryan Madison, he's been named again, but he could be a late-minute checkout, and again, he's still got that large break even. So between that, and the fact they could just be like, oh no, he's out. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be putting him in the team because you'll you'd you'd more than likely have no one to trade him to. So upper check, don't get sucked into that one. And um, Blake Ferguson looks like he's the go at least leading up to Origin. So if you got the money, maybe bringing him into your centers wouldn't be too bad with the run Eels have got. Yeah, you've always got to factor in a veteran looking for one last payday in a contract year, right? Uh, only the three tries last year, and he certainly played better than that. Uh, so his luck was due to turn, and he certainly couldn't possibly be more motivated. So, yeah, look, interesting teams. Still a hell of a lot of uh, question marks uh, over you know the injury status of some of these players. So keep uh, your ear to the ground on the late mail as we go along. But uh, it is time now for our Swish SC Star of the Week. I'm kind of excited to uh, to have Wilf announce uh, who's won this one. Wilf, you want to take it away? If you are what you say you are, yeah, yeah. a superstar, then have no fear, the camera's here. 
All right. So, uh, look, finally, one of you and I, Joe, we're on the board. You uh, you got first dibs last week and you picked Paps. Uh, I think it's safe to say all of us wanted to pick Paps, but you got him. You didn't quite predict 197, but you weren't too far off. I think you were about 130-odd thereabouts. But, yeah, obviously, clearly the top scoring player of the week. Absolutely. Uh, I went with Munster, who got 62. But, you know, when Paps is getting everything else, it's kind of hard to go with that. And Bear, you had a Luttrell with 100-odd, and he ended up scoring 74. So decent, but not quite 197 decent. So, yeah, I'm lagging back behind. So thankfully, I get first pick this week. But look, first, I've got to announce, um, you know, who won for the week. And yeah, finally, for, for the first time, uh, our Swiss Supercoach Star of the Week, we do have someone who named the right player and got pretty close with the score. So Pappenhausen at 197. We had Jacob at Jacob75817153. Picked him at 173. So not too far off, but I guess... You know, it'd be pretty bold to pick anyone scoring over 190. But uh, congratulations, you are our winner this week for round four. So make sure, as always, you you have followed at, at Swish at S-W-Y-S-H and uh, they will message you directly and I'll send you the, the discount code for this week. So make sure you go check out heyswish.com. Now, I do have uh, something before you pick your make your picture, I do have a special message, so I thought I'd play this for us first. Hey, champions, it's your boy Biza here, aka Brian Tor from the Pen Panthers. Uh, firstly, I know you guys have been a big supporter of me, uh, and uh, also especially because uh, of Catfish, heard that you had me on your super coach team for a round one, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys have been, um, you also been telling everyone on your podcast to make sure that I was on your team, so thanks for that. But uh, what's this I hear about Bear not actually having me on his team? Is that a cake? No, um, you know you should you should take some of um, you know your your own advice next time. You know uh, your team might go uh, a bit better. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, also uh, Joe Fitz and Catfish, you both have um, you know have you guys have all had me on your teams, um, which is smart. But like you know why why not have me on you know your team as a captain? Captain? Should I be captain? No, I'm trash. Um, no, uh, you know, <laughs> humbly speaking, I'm the man for the job, and I promise I'll put in the work. Uh, you know, get those um, get those stats up, and uh, score plenty of tries for for the team. So uh, I promise I won't let you guys down. So uh, don't let me down, and make sure that I'm on your super coach teams, and uh, also make me your captain next time. All right, Wagwan, let's go Panthers! Yo! What a lovely guy, <laughs> giving it to Bear. <laughs> I can see how this is going to go. <laughs> well, look, the, the last NRL player that, that came on the podcast and gave it to you, mate, was Ryan Pappenhausen, and he told you to captain him and look how well it's gone. So, you know, To'o um, could be a sneaky captain option, I guess. <laughs> let's... <laughs> I guess I guess it could be, but let's let hey let's get Sean Laney on there or something. <laughs> Sean Lane, imagine Sean Lane giving it to you. That'd be interesting. Oh, oh mate, I'd be asking if I could send him a swish back. Some <laughs> plebs or what? I could get a pleb swish or something. A pleb swish. Oh, oh, those are strong words. All right, so all, all weekend, both of you blokes were telling me how you were going to pick Pappenhausen, and yet the only reason why you didn't was because I picked first. So is it your your first, Wilf? And I, if you win, I get to say I was going to pick him too? <laughs> oh, look, 
I think it's only fair. I'm the only one who's on a zero, so I'm going to pick first. And I'm going to pick Pappenhausen again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pick Paps for 147. Not bad. What about you, Bear? Uh, Well, we said he was going to break out sooner or later, so I'm going to... I'm going to go Munster, and I'll say 120. Look, against the Bulldogs, can't blame you guys, but I do genuinely think there is a team that's far more of a rabble than the Bulldogs this year, uh, and that's the Cowboys. So I'm going to go a little bit uh, left field and pick David Nofaluma to get a Hattie and score 132, running at uh, Murray Talaugi and... Tabuai Fido um, on that left side defence, I think uh, he'll tear him right up. I really actually quite like that shout. I think you've, if he, if Nofo's scoring a Hattie, though, I think he's selling him a bit short if he's only scoring 132. Surely you're hoping for at least 150 if he's scoring a hat-trick there. Well, maybe two, two from Brooks Kicks or something so he doesn't get the line break, but uh, I'm sticking fat with 132. I, th- I think you've missed a shout there. If you're going to go for that, maybe like uh, Adam Dewey. Yeah, I prefer to pick talented footballers, though, Bear. So I've gone with Nofo. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> let me let me see if I can find uh, find Adam Dewey on the switch for next week. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's the uh, switch star of the week. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. So into the the meat of the pod with the strategy chat, coming into round five, we're kind of at the midpoint before, or coming into the midpoint before uh, the origin period kicks off. Um, What's the priority this week, Bear? Um, You're sitting at 7K, a little bit different to to Wilf and I in the thousands. Um, What's your plan? Well, I'm a bit cash-strapped, so I'm trying to think of creative ways to open up some cash so I can either go a bit. I could either go a bit rogue and trade Teddy, or just play it safe and bring in Schuster and get rid of Fogarty. So I'm I'm in, I'm in two minds. So points points are obviously the priority for you because yes, you're you're rocketing uh, up the ranks. But are you starting to you know identify kind of cows that have failed and and trying to go one up one down to free that cash up or you know, is it really Teddy that you're looking at just to, I guess, afford two guns? Yeah, no, the one, the one up, one down, I don't, it's probably the smart place still because I was talking to one of my mates and he's something like, I think he said he's sitting just outside the top thousand and he's only a couple of hundred points in front of me, like 350 or so. So it's not like I'm that far back. It just feels like it. So taking a pun on the Tedesco, I just, I just don't like the fact that he's got 150 break even, and I'm not saying he, like he can obviously hit that versus the Sharks, but again, it depends what players they've got in and out, like how long it takes to gel, and then if he's got a high break even against Melbourne, I don't know if he's going to hit it, so he could really drop in price over the coming few weeks. Again, that doesn't matter if you're going to hold him through Origin till the end of the year, but if you're in a position like I am and you need to try and generate some points and a bit of cash at the same time, it, it, it 
Yeah, so what we found, you know, this obviously is probably the second week of, of people considering cashing in on Teddy, um, you know, just given how much he's worth and how much, you know, you can do with that kind of money. A few people traded him out or at least a couple of thousand did um, for a 71. And I guess if you go into Pappenhausen and you put the armband on him, it worked. But do you think that's something that, you know, you need Teddy in your final side. So, you know, are you burning two trades just to just to upgrade, Will? I mean, I, I definitely can see it. I mean, I, I played devil's advocate last week to talk about why or how you might sell Teddy. And, you know, if you went Teddy to Paps and then upgraded elsewhere, you were definitely a winner from last week. But it's just a matter of, well, what are you doing with that cash? Like who's replacing Teddy in your 17? I think for me, like if you're trading him out now, like you're probably not getting him until after Origin because, what, it's round five. If you give him two weeks to drop in price, it's coming up to round seven. I mean, if you get him back, are you going to hold him for the rest of the season? Like it's just a lot of trades you're burning, and I don't think like we have to remember 2020 was very unique. Like we don't have the luxury of being able to burn trades, trading these fullbacks in and out all the time. So uh, you know sometimes you've got to look at the break even and forget about it because if you're not trading them out, you're not losing the cash. So that's the the thing I'm thinking of there. Now if you are worried that. He's at his peak price and he won't be anything near that and you'd rather trade him out now and then hopefully ride someone else over until the post-origin period when you get Teddy back in and where the Roosters traditionally really come home flying. That's a legitimate strategy, I think. So it's just, it's a really tough one, obviously. We've seen how well Teddy can go. Um, for myself, I'm definitely not trading him out. I'm happy to just keep Teddy and, and Pappenhausen running uh, I think part of that is just, you know, the, the rank as well. Like I'm not you know super high, but I'm pretty comfortable at this stage. I'm going to play it pretty pretty safe, I guess you say, play, play it vanilla. Uh, and whilst Teddy's still really highly owned up top uh, and, you know, just everywhere generally, uh, I can't see myself trading someone out um, who's got that high, high ceiling. And I'm, I'm just going to keep working on plugging holes in my team. So my weaknesses right now, just with, Tupanua probably missing this week. I've got to replace him. And uh, I do know I have weakness at 5'8", with um, Hoy now injured and gone, and uh, Schuster there. Like, I think Schuster's going to be fine for a spot start this week, but I do need to move Hoy to a a gun 5'8". But I think given the fact that, um, for me, I've got Jamal Fogarty named, uh, he's got that zero in his rolling average, so I've got to to ditch him. Uh, Easy trade down to Sam Walker, obviously freeing up cash. And then I'm basically just going to go, well, it's either Hoy up to a Luai or a Munster or it's um, Satili Tupanua over to, well, for me, Dev Feeder, uh, the, the most dangerous guy up the top there that plenty of other uh, super coaches ahead of me have. Uh, and I'll just, you know, lock that pod against my team, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, just lock him in for the season. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I think it's just about looking at, because, I mean, I'm pretty set center wing. I'm comfortable with my front row forward at the moment with Takeaho and uh, Tino there. Uh, eventually, I'm going to want to bring in Haas and, and maybe change Takeaho to someone else or maybe to even Tino. But, I mean, the dual position is so handy for him uh, to be able to swap between front row forward and second row forward. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the rest of my team. It's just those two areas where uh, I'm hopefully going to fix the next two weeks and then maybe um, start planning ahead for uh, the, the buys. Yeah, and it's really interesting because, you know, you mentioned, you know, all three of us mentioned the buys a couple of times then, but I'm pretty sure every single person you just kind of, 
you know, rattled off there, Wilf, except for maybe Luai, um, are probables for origin. So it really does make your round 13 uh, make up pretty challenging. So, Bear, obviously it gets increasingly important as we get closer to the buyers, but coming into round five, it's, it's you know, about seven-ish weeks away. Um, how do you factor in when you're kind of weighing up, say, a Luai or a Munster? Is it is it just a tiebreaker at this point, someone that plays round 13, or, you know, are you starting to give increased priority? If Luai wasn't playing so well, I'd probably still bring in Munster. And I still think Munster's going to have that high average by the end of the year because his base is so good and then he's got that potential upside attacking stats. But just because I doubt I doubt Luai gets picked for New South Wales, it's highly unlikely in my opinion, then I'd, I'd probably lean towards him simply because, um, yeah, he's going to give you that 13 coverage and he's still got the good draw over the next few weeks. So in terms of being able to afford, uh, you know, this stuff, Bear, you obviously Teddy's your kind of, you know, Hail Mary to, to get some serious cash uh, to strengthen your squad. But there are a fair few cows that just aren't firing, whether that's a Fuzatua or a Simonson, obviously Saab, uh, you know, it's been terrible. Even Fui Mayono's, you know, very, very slow-burning cow. Um, you know, is it time to kind of jump off them, Wilf, do you think? Or do you just kind of wait and hope that they they cross the line and it sparks another round of price rises yeah it's a tough one because i guess we've always said you know you get these cheap guys in and the center wings will eventually come good but i think we've seen you know jason saab just the work rate is so non-existent and he's not playing for a very good team so how often are those attacking stats going to come maybe more often once tommy turbo is back but he might you know there's there's the chance that saab might not even be in the team by then so uh, then you've got, you know, Dev Fusatua, who just looks a shadow of the, the player he used to be, uh, whether it's because uh, the Warriors are down on troops or whatever it might be. Like, it's, yeah, you kind of have to rely on the fact that, you know, they don't look very good and they're struggling. And, yeah, so in terms of whether you want to give up on them, like, if they're just sitting on your bench and they're not troubling your top 17 because you've got enough uh, depth elsewhere, like, I don't mind hanging on to them, but if... You know, you're in a situation where you've only got a couple of center wings and you're constantly rotating. Like, two of your four center wings are like Tessie New and one of Simonson or Fusatour or uh, Staines or, you know, one of those guys. You'd much rather be able to, well, let's just find one more center wing there where I don't have to think about it. They're in my 17 weekly. You know, the, the, the likes of, you know, Blake Ferguson and uh, Brian Tor and all those types of guys where they're just no brainers every week plays then you don't have to stress as much about trying to pick the right center wing. And I find that, especially this year, especially when you're getting guys who are playing for good teams and they have the ability to run out a uh, score, uh, I just think the ceiling is so much higher. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for um, you know trading out someone like a Fusatua and trying to find cash to upgrade them to a keeper because I think that you'll find that it's going to improve your 17 overall uh, in terms of their scoring week to week. Yeah, I tell you, you know, I wrote uh, the Ten Commandments of Supercoach for seven years running, and there was only one bloke I ever had to retire from mentioning year after year, and it was David Fusatua in the Don't Chase Last Week's Points uh, commandment, because year after year, he would continually suck in tens of thousands of coaches after going big, and, you know, they, they'd go all low break even 
it, maybe if he keeps it up, he can do all this stuff. And he never, ever, ever did. So in, in my seven years writing it, he was the only guy I actually had to give the honorary retirement speech to because uh, you just couldn't rely on Fuzatua. For some reason, I've then turned around and not taken my own advice and I've still got him in my bloody side. But, yeah, I, I do think the days of uh, relying on Fuz to, uh, to go large might be gone. I don't know if that helped or hindered your bear in terms of what you want to do uh, with your cash. Nah, not at all. <laughs> there you go. Well, for me, I guess um, my centre wing uh, was in all sorts uh, with with Josh Jackson out last week. I had to move Capewell up to uh, second row to accommodate him and I'm not getting him back. Um, but I am going to free up some cash by moving Fogarty out for Walker. I think, you know, cardinal rules to not go a week early on a lot of these cows, but you know, if you can be confident in anyone, I think Sam Walker, um, both for job security and, and the fact that he's going to be a good cow, you can lock him in. Uh, and it frees up a bit of cash for me to dump one of those uh, failed cows. So my call was between Simmonson, Staines and Fuzatua, and I've decided to move the Fuz on for uh, Blake Ferguson because uh, I think, yeah, motivated and scoring well with a negative break even. So, you know, that's kind of my trades for the week. I think having said that, you know, this is a good opportunity to start planning ahead and looking ahead to round 13. So whilst I'm not putting a lot of weight on it in terms of deciding my trades, I think we're still far out enough that you just want to get the strongest 17 players you can for your team uh, because there's, I mean, it's round five. There's still plenty of weeks of um, premium scores, hopefully, that you can lean on uh, rather than going for a sub suboptimal option. I was about to say subpar, but that's probably a bit rough like a suboptimal option where just because they play around 13, uh, you don't get a David Fafita or you don't get a, a Cam Munster or Nathan Cleary or someone like that who's just, they're going to make up for whatever points, extra points the, the, the buy coverage option will play in round 13 for you uh, just from, you know, rounds five to 12. So, yeah, that's, I think it's too early to use the round 13 buy as a tiebreaker, but maybe you can start using it when you're thinking of, well, who do you trade out? Uh, between like uh, a Charlie Staines versus a Fusatua. Only one of them plays round 13, if I'm not mistaken. So that's probably a way in which you can juggle that a little bit, uh, whereas opposed to, you know, determining who you trade in, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And you're right, Penrith do play 13 and the Warriors don't. Um, So your trade's 12? Yeah, mine is pretty simple. Um, Like I said, Pending Josh Schuster actually lining up for the Seagulls, and I know that's just because of the potential injury risk there. Uh, I'll be going Jamal Fogarty um, to Sam Walker. And again, I agree. Don't like trading in uh, before the third game, but Fogarty's got that zero. He's going to just tank cash-wise, so I've got to get him out now. Uh, and then I'll be most likely going to Panua to Dev Fida. Just, you know, again, playing vanilla, making sure I've got the same guys who are scoring incredibly well up the top there. And I'm just going to plot along with a couple of my pods in my team and hopefully they'll they'll keep doing well and I'll, I'll keep picking the right captains to sneak into the top 1,000. So uh, after the uh, swish uh, shout-out uh, from Brian To'o Bear, um, is he an option this week for you? <coughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because I need to strengthen up some other areas. I've, I've got... I've got B mods and um, Olam down there already, and then on top of that, you add Laurie, who's a definite play this week. Um, so I've, I'm pretty happy with those three guys, and not happy at all with my 
five eight. So I've got to try and sort out there first. I'd love to get him, and I think he'll be one of those blokes in the team for the run home. I I just if you if you wouldn't mind just a cheeky try for um just early on and <laughs> maybe Mate, watch watch what you're saying here. <laughs> <laughs> Miss seventy minutes or something and come down in price. <laughs> No, no, that's not happening. No, that's not. No, I'm not. But I, 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 yeah, I'm going to need him to like max up his price and then um, maybe play the storm or the yeah the storm to try and lose some money. I'm pretty sure they already <laughs> played the storm, mate. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's to like round twenty four or something. So I don't know. He could be a B mods and just be out of range for me for the year. I, I don't know yet. We'll see. At what least happens. you got the original B mods. That's <laughs> good too. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people have either ors and, you know, BMOS is currently winning that uh, battle between the two of them. So, you know, it's not like you went wrong uh, there at all, Bear. So, alrighty, guys, we've been chatting for a fair while. One thing we haven't done is given a bit of a shout-out to our group, Comp Wolf. Yeah, so as always, sponsored by supercoachchampion.com. We have a new leader, uh, Sir Vancelot, who's the coach of KRT, currently sitting 11th. Uh, who's taken the lead from Tristan, who had a bit of an off week, I think dropped down a little bit, so not too far out though. But uh, yeah, obviously it's a it's a tight comp. I think the, we've got 11th and 12th currently sitting there, so good luck to those guys. Uh, again, promo code CHAMP for 10% off free shipping uh, from anything at supercoachchampion.com. And as always, our group comp, we've got the supercoachchampion.com ring and also $200 voucher at your NRL t- club's uh, team merchandise store of your choice. Excellent, boys. Yeah, so is there anything else that uh, we haven't covered yet? Speak now, forever hold your peace. No, the only thing I will say is that uh, I think in coming weeks, it's worth planning ahead. You don't, you want to get your team set, uh, but you also want to start thinking about how you're going to conserve some trades because uh, we've got to remember rounds 13, round 17, big buy rounds, uh, half the teams on buy each week, and rounds 13 and 17, you only get two trades in those specific rounds. And it's rounds, uh, the super trade week is in between uh, rounds 15 to 16. It's that during the representative period after Origin 2. So where you get five trades to change up your team. So just something to keep in mind there. Obviously, you're most likely going to want to use all five trades. So five trades out of your initial, um, you know, series of 37, it's going to take a big dent. So plan, start planning ahead. Uh, we can't just max trade like we did last year. So just... Uh, uh, public service announcement there. Yeah, 25, uh, 37 trades into 25 does not equal to a week, much less the uh, the, the mega uh, five trade round. So, yeah, we are going to have to start being a little bit more circumspect in that front. Uh, B, you got anything else for us, mate? Ah, uh, boys, all good. Just hope you all have a good week. Had a good Easter. Absolutely. Same to you guys. Um, I guess we will catch you all next week. And, yeah, um, let's all uh, captain the top-scoring player of the round again, eh? No, I'm Papadamson. It was a good strategy this week, so let's hopefully we do it again. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Catches. It could be a-